2: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 9.19. 19 No refunds. Subscription auto renews. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. we are calm. <laughs>
1: Boysies. Get rarer. get rarer.
2: Why is this happening to me? Me.
1: We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son.
2: <laughs>
1: get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. To you. <laughs> is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what <laughs> what happens to third grade. <laughs> you either get moved or get in the shower. Or we're throwing all your cricket gear
2: in, bro. No chance, I'm going to follow you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Ah! It's getting closer. It's getting closer. What's Kale Rahul doing in a strip club? It wasn't a strip club, but it kind of looked like it. On the show today, we speak to Alex Malcolm from ESP and Crick Info, a real hardcore, not so much X's and O's chat, but more about what this Ashes series means for you, what it means for me, what it means for Zach Crawley. Meg Lanning is out of the ashes. Alisa Healy will lead Australia for the women's ashes. Joss Wall's in for Guy as a standby play for the World Test Championship. The IPL final was rained off for one day, so we need to just give it a breath. Just give it a breath. Just give it a uh, breath. That's not what you said. Just give it a breath for one day. And then we can find out if MS Dhoni will end cricket. Also, Sabah, 34 ball 100. That's before we get into hashtag AskTGC where we get a review from Wisden and more specifically from Josh. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. Head to BudgieSmuggler.com. If you're sitting at your desk right now, you know what? If you're sitting anywhere in the world right now, go to BudgieSmuggler.com and brighten your day with hats, shirts, T-shirts, bucket hats, budgies, designer budgies, whatever you want. That's you. Sam Perry It was great to have Alex on the show He's just left the studio beforehand And uh, that was a nice chat we had with Alex It was sort of 40 odd minutes there And that's what the main uh, the main crux of this epi- episode is going to be As it's uh, what generally speaking been a slow news day News week for the cricket cycle The cricket news cycle And why would it be Because the Ashes is like three weeks away And the World Championship is like a week and a half So why would anyone be talking about the cricket?
1: Okay Uh I thought you did very well to fill that introduction. That's with, all we've got time for today, with mate. the idea that lots is happening in cricket, Thanks. like I'm, I'll, I'll just level, I'll just level with you. Not a lot doing. Mm-hmm. Not a lot doing. If you've clicked on this link
2: to 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 listen to this episode, good luck to you. No,
1: we went, we went, <laughs> we went long with Alex. It was nice. It was a nice cricket chat. Forty minutes of analysis from yeah. a smart guy who follows the game like a journalist and knows what the fuck's going on and can catch. Yeah, and can catch. Yeah. Indeed, and boy, can he catch. <laughs> Yep, and what a catch he is for his wife. (laughs) Now, really, like, we we should say to those who are listening to this now, if if you're tuning in for IPL final analysis, you're not going to get it because we're recording uh, a couple of hours before the final takes place. The final was postponed. By a day because of wild storms and shit in debate. Absolutely, so, pissed it down. And I think it's funny. Like there's, uh, there seems to be a connection between the fact not a lot's going on in cricket mm-hmm. and the IPL final was going to be on. I'm just not sure if it's like, if we're, I'm not sure if there's meant to be a connection there. not I, like, I, I don't know if cricket's been cleared for it. I'm, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But mate, I, I agree. Like we're a couple of weeks away from the Ashes now, uh, and. Succession finale's on tonight That's you know, huge That's, that's huge. fucking good If true Yeah if true uh, And you 90 know minutes. You, you got a birthday coming up I mean we, have, li- true, we have lives true. We have lives outside yeah, yeah, of this stuff like, yeah. uh, It's my anniversary with my wife You know huge, today if true uh, And you know <laughs> uh, And it is true Yeah okay, uh, okay. And you know there's, there's not a lot of other cricket. I like we're looking at I'm looking at this list we're, we're, what are we leaning into? Jaiswal re- replaces Geekwart as a standby player. Geekword's getting married, he's not even playing.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep.
1: Who gives a shit? So I just playing the IPL.
2: Yeah, yeah. Good yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. He's uh mate, he'll score yeah. thousands. Yeah.
1: But uh all all formats, pure. You know, Moody said it. But really, like I d I don't wanna feel shit, you know, I don't just wanna feel idle talk. You don't wanna you don't wanna lie to the viewers and listeners. Yeah. Don't lie to them. I'm just saying what's what's real about life. You know what I mean. Going to try and get a. You know I'm looking forward to our live show in Sydney tomorrow night. By the way, uh, for those who have been texting and saying, can I get them a spare ticket? And I don't know who they are. Uh, we have a small handful of tickets that are going back on sale now. Because uh, to, to just so you don't think that we're like lying about it being sold out and shit. Uh, we get a couple of complimentary tickets, and our mates aren't fucking interested. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> Going yeah.
1: to see us. Yeah. Uh, see you on yeah. stage. Yeah, why? So there's a cut there's, there's, there's a handful of tickets uh, yeah. on sale if you, if you want them. Um, yeah, we, you know, we've got
2: an IPL final tomorrow night. Talk to Alex. Uh, we've got a live show mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know. That's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, top top uh, headline here is Hazelwood in the Australia World Test Championship. I mean, squalled. this is what I'm talking about. Squalled. The, 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 the
1: main news in cricket today mm-hmm. is Australia trims its squad from 17 to 15. Oh. Oh. Fucking stop the presses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I saw a Fox Sports headline saying Blo- 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 blow for Marsh, you yeah. know. I mean, he's 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 got a couple of days off. Beauty. He wasn't going to play. 18 holes. You know? Yeah, 18 holes. Stableford <laughs> points. points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got, you know? Um, does, I mean, Hazelwood's in. We, we talked talk to Alex about Hazelwood and, and injuries and shit. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he he feels like he's stuck together by
2: sticky tape. Hopefully, he's you know, the bush horse is good to go. What yeah. else is there to say? What else is there to say is that at this point, you should basically fast forward to the Alex chat because it was really good. Oh, we, that- can, we can do some
1: <laughs> shit, you know? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think, I think you know, like, mm. let's not pretend that there's a fuckload going on in cricket, Yeah, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that we want to talk about,
2: right? Okay.
1: Uh, Pearson's in the Ashes squad halfway through. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to come in. Inglis is he's off to get married. That's nice. It's nice for Jimmy. He's an injury away from a ton at Headingley. That'll be a good story. Good stuff. He's been a good player. (laughs) The tone
2: of this podcast is very confusing. It's good. That's cricket. This is authenticity. Jimmy Pearson, I've said to you before, I feel like he's unlucky to be behind Josh Inglis. Or, or Joss Inglis, I like to call him sometimes, uh, in the Red Bull squad. I mean, Joss Inglis, is, uh, is, he's English. So, you know, that, there's, that, that's got to be a factor, right? Joss English. <laughs> J- Joss English. That's got to be a factor. I mean, the Sheffield Shield season, Jimmy Pearson was outstanding. Uh, multiple hundreds, good gloves, neat gloves, um, you know, into the squad. But so I suppose he just got the first few test matches and then... Uh, out of I, do
1: like, I do like the uh, the genre of... Um, like, reserve keepers who go to Ashes, you know? They go for a tour. Graham
2: Manu, my favourite.
1: Yeah, Wade's second. I reckon he got one.
2: Fuck, uh, Wade's second must have been good. Yeah. To never play. the he ever play? No, he never played. Nah, I don't think he got a game. No, Graham he got a game. game. He mm-hmm. got a game. He got multiple games. Did
1: he? First, yeah. three, Test cricket. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I yep. thought he filled him for one. Okay.
2: Uh, th- a couple? Oh, I think it was, I think it was a oh, couple. You the giving
1: back- a, you're giving him a couple of back of greens?
2: The back end of the 2009 yeah. season, I think, okay. when Payne broke his finger. Right. Tests. Tests. Payne wasn't playing tests in 09, was he? I think Payne might have been the, oh, let's, let's look it up. Let's look it up. I thought Manu got a game at the ashes. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, But I think he played more than one. Graham Manu. Here we go. He, yep, just wait for it. He played one test match. He okay. played one test you match. He had
1: a few dreams. That's all right. Yeah. That's okay he for
2: He played you. four ODIs, Graham Manu. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay.
1: Oh, is that what you're thinking?
2: Hadden broke his finger right. in 2009. Easy, and then, easy mistake to make. And then a few months later, I was finding this emergency replacement for Tim Payne during the ODI series, same summer. ODI. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking that's about. That's all right. Anyway. are well, playing grade cricket, no one really knew what was going
1: on. Graham, you No, you played 25 stuff. tests, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> oh, gave me a couple of tests Yeah, boy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, I think that's a good genre. Phil Emery as well. He yeah. got a couple. Got yeah. a couple of tests. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of good keepers behind Healy at the time as well. I suppose but so. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, an important one, he goes, uh, is – and and more, uh, you know, so- sombre and solemn is uh, Meg Lanning is out of the ashes uh, and she's been ruled out due to medical reasons uh, and nothing further being said about that at the moment. Tightly kept. Elisa um, Healy will lead the side uh, in the multi-format series. Uh, so uh, all you can say really is that, you know, I and
2: we hope she's okay and all the best. Indeed. Um, England are playing Ireland in their warm up game because again it's an actual Test match, but it is just a warm up game. Uh, Australia playing against India in their warm up game, but uh, England playing Ireland. Uh, lots to get, lo- lots to look forward to there. I mean, what Josh kind? Tongue of- came in. Oh yeah, well he got Steve Smith out once. Therefore, it'll it will happen forever. Okay, tonguey. Yeah. Don't know. Alan wondered, tongue.
1: What is it? Is it pace? Like your thing is with, with quicks. is like is it is it wheels he's bringing? Is it swing? Is it skiddy stuff? What's mm-hmm. the style? You know, choose your fighter. I don't know. It's a name to me at the moment. And I wonder if he's related to Alan Tongue. That's of course. it. I'm yes. Australian.
2: Yes, the Canberra halfback from 2005. Playoff back. Um, so uh, I think um, I think for the, for, the, for this series, they just want absolute bulk runs. They just want someone to score 400. And they want Jimmy Anderson, if he plays, to take 14 wickets. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, well, one England. 14 wickets will leave him one short of 700 that's that's that is going to be tough isn't it it's tough for a lot of us of, of certain persuasions that i mean that we haven't really spoken about how much that's going to hurt when jimmy anderson goes past shane warne potentially in these ashes series i mean oh, that's, that's, that's a good that's, series that's, for that's, him that's going to be a good yeah. series what well, 708 it was yeah. worn right yeah okay so what's what's he on 685 685 yeah. 23 wickets well broad took twenty. broad took 23 wickets last uh. last time around in 2019 uh, Cummins took twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So it is I mean it is possible. It's in the ballpark. Mm. He's a fit guy. He can mm. play all the test matches. Mm. It's a, like, but what if he did it what if he did it at the oval? Mm. What if he did it anywhere? That's gonna oh, be mate, that's goes, gonna be hard to take. So emotionally I'm saying, hard to take.
1: 709 wickers, 20, 24 twenty twenty four, he goes seven oh nine. Mm-hmm. The oval, mm-hmm. England wins, mm-hmm. he's chaired off into the sunset, mm-hmm. fucking David Warner's retirement's in his pocket. Yep. You know, that's the wet dream. So does Ben Stokes really want fifty-nine meter boundaries and flat hard ones? You know what I'm saying? Jack
2: Leach doesn't, I would suspect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, hey, that's a distinct possibility. I think Jimmy Anderson's their best player, and I'm afraid of him.
2: You're, you're saying like, you're saying right off into the sunset, like like he won't play
1: forever. <laughs> like the, like the sun's going to be out uh, <laughs> <laughs> in yeah, June. That, I wouldn't have thought that, so. That Sam. dappled
2: light in London. Head off to a, a little
1: a little pub south. There's, but there's, there. there's, there's the no streaming there's, onto the st- spilling onto the streets. There's no with ch- a
2: pint. there's no chat about uh, him retiring at the end of the series though, is there? No, no. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, so it's just a fantasy. If you want to talk about the World Test Championship final, which is in uh, what about a week and a half or so, uh, Rituraj Gaikwad is uh, out of the. He's out of the squad. Uh, he's out of the standby squad. He's out of the standby squad, and they got Jice mm-hmm. Wall. And Jice Wall's amazing story. How old's Jice? Was he twenty one? Is he? Yeah, he's a young fellow? I he, don't know Even how that it old? Is. Yeah. Um, he has just absolutely dominated the IPL this year, opening the batting for Rajasthan. He's hit 200s, rapid 100s, opening the batting there with Josh Butler, who didn't have his best ever season, it must be said. Um, but he has come in to replace Guy Quad. Uh, it's just an amazing story. And uh, I'm not sure what it is. I, actually, I do know about his red ball, former for, for the Ranji Trophy. He is the equal fastest ever to 1,000 runs in the Ranji Trophy. He did in 13 yeah. innings. That's one thing I know about Jaiswal. Um, so IPL- he can play. The guy can play. I, the IPL generally, uh, as Pez said earlier, that the IPL fine was washed out there in, in, uh, I met a bad, and in Ahmedabad. And the story of the last week or so, I think the last time we spoke, Cameron Green had already scored a hundred off forty-three balls or something. I think that had already happened. Um, but since then, uh, the story has been Shubman Gill, who has hit three hundreds in four innings. I read somewhere on the internet that the only other person to ever score three t hundreds in four innings was Michael Klinger. He did it for in uh, one who he played for in the county. In the county setup, whenever that tournament was, um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, what are you laughing at? No, like, like, no. I, I was, I was thrown by. Um, you know, I was like, oh, who could it be? Who scored? Those oh, rounds? yeah, right, so right. Michael, right. Michael, Michael Klinger. Klinger, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mickey K, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <clears throat> well, I guess for Australians listening again who've been following the D's, etc., uh, the I guess the the charge on Gill is like he's the he's the guy after Coley. You know, like Gill Gil is the anointed one. A lot of people lining up for it, I think, like, as in lining up to be that next one. And yeah, in, sure. In, so three tons in 15 days or something. Incredible. I thought uh, Joy on Crick Buzz mm. made the point that, uh, that the Kolkata Knight Riders have scored two hundreds in the entirety of their IPL history. Right, wow. And uh Gill has three in 15 days. And the last one was like they get better and better. Uh, the last oh, one was 129 God. off 60.
2: Yeah, He
1: was upset out in the 16th over, like, you know, blowing up one of the great like, opportunities to blow up in cricket when you've actually done well due, oh, to yeah. show that your standards are higher than what you've achieved, which is also good. <laughs> uh, and so he understands how cricket works. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a lot of – you know, and then so these final uh, people are listening to it after it's taken place, but it's ultimately um, – you know, Donny versus Gill. Really, you know, the outgoing man is it? don't is it Donny's last game? Is he going to win the game right off into the sunset again, like Anderson? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a ball of yellow love, or, you know, or is the new man coming to steal the throne? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that
2: I, I guess that's good. That's what the matchup is: GT and CSK. GT obviously won it last year. Can they go back to back, or can CSK Donny? And cricket of all time. He's played in. He's played in eleven finals. CSK have played in ten of fourteen seasons. They were not in the competition for two years because uh, a bit of the old uh, match fixing going on there. Uh, got banned for a couple of years. Uh, in in that year, in that year, Donny played for fuck. Who was it? Was it uh, was it Pune? Was that who he played for? He played for someone else, and he he made the final yeah, with super that team. Giants. Yeah, in that year as well. Uh, amazing, amazing consistency from CSK and from MSD himself. So, uh, so that's the matchup. Interesting to see what happens tonight. Interesting times ahead, indeed. Hey, uh, Sean Abbott, Sabah, thirty-four ball hundred there for Surrey. Was that at the Oval? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, flattest deck in the country. Okay, <laughs> uh, but amazing stuff from Sean Abbott. Uh, I've seen some. I've seen some of the highlights. I'll be. I must confess, I wasn't catching every ball of the T twenty uh, the blast. Or was it just called the blast? Damn it, I don't know. Um, but uh, wonderful stroke play and a great opportunity when someone scores th- that many runs that quickly. When you he starts his innings like you, oh, he was, he was two off two, so he's actually scored his last nine runs off thirty two. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. a slow <laughs>
1: That's right. Uh yeah, equaled Andrew Simons, I think, for That's uh, right, yeah. Four ball hundred. Right. And I think I read it was sixty nine runs more than his previous highest score. Wow. So uh he's really he's really transcended himself with this innings, Sabah. And if you haven't seen it, it's a hell of a celebration. Yeah. It reminds it's good. me of the uh of w- who I always assumed was Trevor Hendy in the NutraGrain ad, <laughs> like they have a new voice now for the NutraGrain ad, <laughs> like a sort of
2: yeah, it's kind of like a of like a v- Velociraptor. It's much more demonic. Demonic. Dem- uh, yeah, that's right. This one. Yeah. The old the old one was more child friendly, which is why said oh, the, my um, Nutri-Grain. Oh, are
1: you said NutraGrain. Oh, are you comparing the old and new NutraGrain ad? Yeah. Uh, voice sounds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the old one was friendly. The new one is demonic. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I think about all ads now. I think about the old Amy ad, the new one. They just never got it right. <laughs> That's got
2: nothing to do with cricket unless <laughs> the woman liked the game. Let us know if you're that woman. Write in. Jump in the emails. Let us know if you're that specific but, woman in but, the Amy ads from the early 2000s. But great time, ever.
1: <laughs> it was a great celebration. There was arms a lot. As you would. It, it, it's like he'll have no regrets about whether he like enjoyed that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it wasn't mm-hmm. like relief more than anything or I was in shock. He fucking, he, it was into it. Yeah. It was good gear.
2: Uh, you're telling me the world cup schedule is being announced during the world test championship final. Yeah. cricket's I, ending everywhere. This could be the last test match. could be the last 50 over world cup. Uh, it occurs to me that
1: irritated members of, uh, like, like people for whom this matters, I suppose. Like it, it's, I guess, uh, India has a, uh, Tendency or the BCCI has a tendency To announce its schedule for games Far sooner to their commi- to their Commencement or and announcing them late Would be a better way of saying it uh, than, right. than normal you know like this is a world cup year; People normally know where the fuck games are yeah. and, and what they've got to do To get to games or get accommodation Or all that kind of stuff uh, But it has now emerged that during the World Test Championship The BCCI will release the schedule For the world cup uh, And it's like okay Cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, well they're probably trying to figure out the Asia Cup which is being held in Pakistan but yeah, India sh- India have not India have denied the, uh, the the privilege of going to Pakistan to play their game. So I think what they're trying to do is it was going to be uh, posited to whoever was on, on the board to make that decision that the game I think there's like it's an 8 game tournament and 3 were going to be in Pakistan and the other 5 were going to be in the, either the UAE or Sri Lanka. That's uh, what Pac- Pac- that was Pakistan's compromise position. Yes, yes that's right. And it wasn't expecting much blowback from that uh from that offer. Yeah. But I didn't see I didn't actually see what happened. This was three or four days ago. Right. Probably should have brought that to the agenda, but uh but hey, here we are. Hey, uh the India squad are in, in the UK already are uh, the ones that aren't in the um IPL final tonight. Uh, Coley's already there. And mu- and very much so is Kale Rahul. Mm-hmm. Um, who it was uh I don't know actually whose Twitter video it was. It was an Instagram story actually. Uh that um they were filmed in the like in a in a private club, and there are there was, there are dozens of these private clubs, specifically in London, where there's like there's like tabletop dancers with scantily clad women, mm.
1: um, Lon- lingerie clad women. That's what I'm looking at now, or a woman on a table, and and yeah. someone who appears like K.L. Rahul. It does look like Ak Rahul. He's sitting there and. Uh, and it's caused a bunch of uh, <clears throat> responses, I think, and people essentially saying, you know, oh. get the context right or whatever. I'm kind of like, personally, I'm like, play on, you know, like that would be perfect in basball. You know what I mean? Like, me, that, I'm that, like that's <laughs> literally like the England team has a, has a 20% discount to these clubs, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because that, that's what McCullum wants them to do, to yeah. chill, you know, and do it however they want. Oh, yeah. That's let, the issue.
2: Let the boy watch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is what, is what the way my father <laughs> let me watch
2: the way his father exactly exactly uh okay well let's talk to alex malcolm for the actual serious part of this show which was uh which was highly enjoyable very very great very great it was not, very not, great. not just great it was actually very great <laughs> you know what i'll do one of minute. it was fucking very great to talk to alex malcolm for 40 odd minutes uh and this is of course thanks to budgie smuggler who are back on board with tjc during these here ashes the final ever ashes the dying embers of a once glittering tournament the ashes brought to you by budgie smuggler budgie smuggler.com.au here he is here is the great man alex malcolm
1: Very lucky to once again have Alex Malcolm, associate editor, ESPN, Crick Info, pretty much wander up from his house. Uh, and it's your first day back, isn't it, Alex, after a little bit of paternity leave.
2: Were uh, you the guy that tried to break in with a crowbar?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's encased in glass. Uh So you're looking at the Ashes and World Test Championship to a lesser extent, Alex, uh, you know, with a bit of a blank canvas, you know, being back at work now. Like, is there any any storyline that particularly stands out to you or that you're particularly interested in when it comes to, let's say, the Aussie men uh, through the next six, seven weeks? Not really. I just think it. There are going to be six fascinating test matches. Uh,
0: this, the first one is is really interesting off the back of what we saw in India. And I was lucky enough to be there like you guys. And I think Australia feel like they really let one slip there, uh, an opportunity to to beat India in India. And this is a completely different set of circumstances facing the same opposition in Diametrically opposed conditions, and so they may even face a completely different style of eleven and style of cricket that India is going to play because they may even leave out Ashwin. You never know, out of that eleven. So uh, that in itself will be really interesting. There's some intel coming back from England from um, the guys that have played over there already that the oval is going to play pretty quick and bouncy, which is interesting in itself. Uh, and then the Ashes, I'm as fascinated as anyone to see how. England are going to play and then how Australia will match A, the tempo, B, the style and just who knows what's going to happen because England have been playing exhilarating cricket for 12 months. So yeah, the, the whole six test tour essentially is a fascinating one for me. I'm very excited to take a look at it. Do
2: you reckon, uh, like we've been sort of talking about where the team can elevate themselves to, like if they if they win the World Test Championship first and then they obviously win the Ashes, does that elevate them to like legendary status or are they already – well, they're not already legends, are they? They're just good.
0: They're a great side. I think it. I think it is a legacy piece for for the guys that have been there for, let's say, a 10-year period. I mean, the core of the team's been together since around about the 2010, 2011, 2012 yeah. mark. If you think about all of those guys, Smith, Kawaja, and Warner as a batting group all debuted within 12 months – 18 months of each other and then the big three quicks plus line were all into the team between 2011 and Hazelwood joined a little bit later in 2014 but he was in and around the mark at that point so that core group of individuals plus the younger guys that have come into the squad they've been together for quite a while and this would be a huge legacy piece for them to add a a WTC title and then beat England in, in England which Uh, Australia hasn't done since 2001. They had the draw, obviously, in 2019. So, Mm. yeah, it would be a a, a fitting finish for a group that's probably going to start to dissipate over the next 12 to 18, 24 months, I guess, particularly, you know, with Warner and Kawaja in their mid to late 30s and Mm. the bowlers, who knows how long they're going to go for. So, yeah, it's a a great opportunity for them. They won't get a better chance to
1: complete two um, very rare things in the one go. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like the biggest macro storyline is, is baseball, Alex, like, uh, and that lack of predictability and the fact that Australians are asleep when England or any other team is playing. So we don't even trust that it exists. Uh, it's like this thing you sort of search on Google, um, <laughs> 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 like, and Australia, the, the the men's team's like public posture to it has been like, not, not really dismissive. But more aloof, you know. I think early on it was like, oh, let's see how they do it against our boys. But like since then, it's kind of like the, you know, pretty standard line of like, well, it's great what they're doing for cricket, etc. Okay, I'll ask a few questions about it. Let's see if they're still swinging at five or fifty. Do you think that is a public line? Uh, because like, the thing about baseball is that like it's this like it's such an obvious strategic like philosophy, like, and it's in your face. You can't miss it. They zealously pursue it. So I wonder like whether the the spotlight will be on Andrew McDonald, you know, like as in, do you think the Aussies will just be like, look, we're just going to play our game and forget how they're doing? Or do you think Andrew McDonald, who like strikes me as a guy up for an intellectual challenging cricket, will have like 18,000 plans? Because for him, it's a great opportunity to show, obviously, that, you know, he can kill uh, an opposition strategy.
0: They are very aware of what is capable of and they're definitely planning for it. It won't be 18,000 plans, but they'll have some things up their sleeve that they're looking at. They they are definitely up for the challenge. The public line of we'll play our game and um, worry about us is is fair enough, but they're well aware of what England's capable of. and I think not just the, the scoring prowess on the batting side, they're very much aware that England has taken 20 wickets in every test match mm. that Ben Stokes and Brennan McCullum have been in charge for. That's an incredible feat for any team anywhere in the world in the history of the game over a 12-month period. I don't know how many test matches that is exactly in that time. but So their bowling 11,
1: is, so like, like they, the, they've won 10 and lost one.
0: The bowling mm. complements the batting so well, and it's not just the fact that they're scoring so fast that's giving the bowling time because they've done it – bowling first you know ben stokes famously i don't know how many times last winter our winter english summer won the toss and said yeah we'll chase I and mean, that's that's absurd but that that's what they're doing. So the Aussies are very well aware of that. They'll be well planned. They'll have their ideas. I think in the back of their minds that there'll be a bit of bravado and ego internally, thinking, yeah, if we if we crank our quicks up on on some quicker wickets and and just crank hit, it hit up. Hit, <laughs> just
1: hit the right areas. Uh, I feel mean, like some older uh, coaching yeah. generations would have would have responded that way. Like let's just crank it up.
0: Yeah, you absolutely. Know what I mean? Let's um, have a look upstairs. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think so. I'll, I, I think they'll be referencing, you know, what they're able to do against a very similar group of individuals in the twenty-one, twenty-two Ashes series on yeah. some different style of wickets, and but they were mentally in a different space than England. So you, you just don't know. I, honestly, you don't know, and it's going to be fascinating to watch. What who, the player they haven't seen is Harry Brook. Yeah. Uh, so he will be a, a challenge um, to come up against. Obviously, Best, comes back refreshed. Uh, And he played well out here in Australia when he was here, and he's Mm. a great player, and we know what Stokes and Root can do. Their top three is an interesting area. I'd be be curious Mm. to see if Duckett can have the success that he's had away Mm. from home. Mm. Um, Crawley's obviously a big question mark. uh, And Pope's, yeah, he's been hot and cold at various times. So, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating uh, watch in terms of how Australia will implement their
2: plans and whether they'll be successful. You know, like, as you, you sort of answered the question there, but, like, just as a fan, I just, like, wrap myself in 90s Australiana because that's when we all grew up, right? And then that's when England barely fucking played. Um, I mean, they tried their best, but they were just terrible. So I'm just looking at, like, England's team and, like, given our, our jobs, we watch heaps of cricket, right? And we've seen these guys... I can do amazing things. But, like, I'm just like, well, was that Crawley's going to get dropped? And then that changed their whole team. Ben Duckett, please. Ollie Pope, no, thank you. Joe Root, never scored 100 against England (laughs) since 2015. Um, (laughs) Harry Brock. No, that's that's a little bit too middle class for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ben Stokes, he's on one leg. He won't play. Um, Bairstow averages 35 in test cricket or some shit, you know. And so, like, in my head, it's like, oh, well, now I'm Nathan Lyon and Australia's won 5-0 and we don't need to play the games. But, like... So that that's my that's my Australian instinct coming out except what the team has done in the last what is it 10 of 11 it's pretty good so i mean that i think that makes it interesting you know it, but it's england's story it's not really australia's story though australia are the team that are playing for greatness aren't they so i mean it's it's that it, that that for me is like well this this series could be fucking anything mm. and i feel like the sky could like ms is going to win it somehow obviously <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a question there for you but i think that's just my excitement for the series but I guess I will tack on a question. Um, Who is the alpha? <laughs> what, what's my name and where am I? <laughs> okay. Zach Crawley gets dropped, right? <clears throat> what happens then? Are you, are you into the Stokes opening the batting thing? Are you no, into that?
0: No way. No, that they doesn't would, sound right, does it? They couldn't possibly. Uh, he might want to do it, but they would, they would talk him off that ledge. Yeah, There's okay. no way Brendan McCullum is going to let – him open the batting with his workload. They know he's going to have overs to bowl. They know he's got a lot of work to do in the field. He's been very proactive as a captain and has been a part of that, a key part of that bowling group being so successful in the way that he's manipulated fields, kept Mm. the game moving, Mm. done different things. Uh, If anyone watched any of what they did in Pakistan on those wickets, Mm. Stokes's vision and... Left-field thinking was a huge part of why they took 60 wickets. Right, right, right. The flattest things in the world. Yeah. I mean, they took 20 wickets in Royal Pindy where Australia bowled 230 overs and took four Mm. earlier in that same year. So... They, they they can't let him open the batting. It's too too big a workload.
1: And don't it's forget, he, he he's captain, so he will be targeted. He's going to get targeted, <laughs> so <laughs> they're going to try know. and get him out. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, so so uh, that's, there, that's
1: a f- something he has to deal with.
0: There's <laughs> no way though. There's no way he'll do that. And even when he became captain, he moved himself back down the order. Remember, he was up as high as was it three or four at one stage under Silverwood. And when Root, he did he did bat quite high okay. at one period. Yeah. And then as soon as he became captain, he's like, no, I've, I've got a bowling workload, I've got yeah. the captaincy workload, I'm going to bat six, this is where I'm going to bat, and mm. we're going to fit the rest of the order around that. So he, he may, may – maybe for something really different, randomly first up, fresh in a series, he might walk out. I don't know, but I, I can't see how they would let it happen across the course of five test matches where he would have that workload. It just mm. seems impossible to me. And you wouldn't ask – the wicketkeeper to do it either. So I think they'd have to find another solution. I don't but know what it would be.
1: I like what you're doing there because the thing about Basball is that no one knows what Basball is. And so you're goading England into saying that they can't do something. So now they will need to put Stokes up top. But I want to introduce a dimension to this Ashes preview that came from an interview i just read with um in the guardian between donald mcrae and mike brearley mike really being the great england captain uh come psychoanalyst mm-hmm. and uh um that's a weekend title <laughs> <laughs> Who was, who was known very broadly for w- whatever he might've lacked in talent or skill he made up for in, you know, man management. Uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, a real leader of men and he was speaking, uh, must've only been the last 24, 48 hours about uh, how the whole zeal of England's cricket is led by the fact that both Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes have overcome depression uh, and they're they're playing cricket as you know, kind of free people in mm. response to their own uh, travails in life. You know, for for McCullum, it was about uh, New Zealand being bowled out for forty five, and then going, you know, let's p- remember why we play the game. You know, to to love it. And Ben Stokes obviously has his own stuff that is well detailed in that uh, documentary uh, about him. And so I'm just I'm just wondering, like. I I feel like this series is so interesting because like it's such an unlikely match of like ego positions. Like England are like brash and out there and they're sledging mm. Mm. and they're in the press and Ollie Robinson saying we're well, going to give him a hiding. And Australia is now like Cummins, UNICEF, Jerry cans. <laughs> McDonald is a absent-minded professor, and we're used to the Aussies being like you know slouch hats, <laughs> you yeah, know, Gallipoli yeah. like yeah. and how like how how does australia's ego free humility like deal with you know england on the front foot mm. i just do not fucking understand what this is <laughs> you
0: know
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> so true I, I, and i do think deep down Deep down, now deep, yeah, it, deep yeah, down. let's get deep. It's deep, be deep down, yeah. yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back, deep
0: back to the boys' great cricket days. I know none of them want anything to do with their great cricket <laughs> roots. Some don't have clubs. Genuinely, some don't there's have clubs. There's a story you're sitting right. there. Yeah, one, of, one of them genuinely doesn't have, have class, a club, but, and it yeah. is a point of pride. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think deep down there, there, will be that fire burning, going. There's no way these guys are better than us. Uh, yeah, but that that in itself. But how do you harness? Exactly, and that in itself is one of the traps that I think Andrew McDonald will be very wary of and he and Cummins will be um, imposing upon his players, impressing upon his players, I should say, to not get sucked into their style of cricket because every other team that's come up against England in the last 12 months has tried to match Mm. that style of cricket and it hasn't worked. They've... They've fallen into the trap of playing the way England want them to play. Guys have gone out there and tried to score at the same rate. Opposition teams, when they don't have the same capability, they're not the same style of player. Mm. So, yeah, Australia needs to remember that they have a particular brand that they want to play and they may have to check their egos at the door and that may be the way to win, which is yeah, it goes against everything they've ever so awesome. known over the last twenty years of playing cricket individually. But yeah. mm. it, it it is going to be fascinating. Anything anything could happen. It, it could be five of the best best matches we've ever seen. Yeah, or
1: not. Or one not. of those two things. Well, like you know, day, day, you know, ed- Edge Baston day one. England go at seven and a half and over. You know, it's Pakistan all over again. Like how soon before the old generation say you just got to bump them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just got to look upstairs. You just got to crank it up. Like, <laughs> I, I just... That's why baseball's so awesome, because it is going to, like...
2: Culture wars. It,
1: oh, it's going to be culture mm. wars, and it's going to, like, really stick in the core of the Aussie ego, especially if, like, we're playing ego-free, like, you know, fully planned, meticulous
2: cricket. Yeah. I don't know. I asked you before um, about an English opener, but obviously Australia's opener is under uh, threat for his position. There is There is no evidence... Of David Warner succeeding red ball cricket in uh, in the UK, there's not there's no evidence. As he as he scored, so the 2015 tour he
0: got a half century in every single test match. Okay, okay, uh, my that mistake. wasn't the last tour. So that you know wasn't I mean? the last. That's tour. That's not the last thing I remember. In the last
2: tour, he got a single figure score in every mm. single test match. Okay, and he scored some runs for Delhi, so that'll obviously transfer across. Mm. Um, so like, but, uh, there's there's something in me which is like, uh, I feel like he could figure it out. You know, I feel like he could, but he's in the he's in the squad for the first two. As the replacement, Harris is there as the backup batter, but Bancroft is also playing county cricket for Somerset, isn't
0: he? He hasn't played the last couple. I'm not 100% sure on where Cameron is, whether okay. it was a short-term deal with Somerset or... So, or you f- so you, I mean, anyway.
2: Marcus Harrison is, the, is next cab. Well, he's in the squad and they've, yeah.
0: they've declared their hand. They've said he is next cab and uh, George Bailey and Andrew McDonald both said on record that despite the fact he didn't go to India, they don't see him as... The next best option there, and they actually use Travis Head to open the batting in those conditions yeah. for, for a variety of reasons. But away from the subcontinental conditions, they see Harris as the next opener by okay. quite some margin.
2: Okay, because because Renshaw's in and the round as well, mm-hmm. but he's been batting as low as five for Queensland, hasn't he? Because he, I mean, he, when he, he played for Australia, he opened the batting and filled at first slip. And then he went away. Then he played middle order for Queensland. But he's there as the backup batter as well.
0: Yeah, he went back. He's been back to the top for Queensland for the last year and a half. Okay, but he, there was a period there where he was batting. Five, okay, yeah. right. Okay,
2: but he wouldn't be an option, you know I think, for opening the batting. He
0: could be, but
1: Harris is next cap.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: okay. Well, you just mentioned Delhi earlier. He goes and. Uh, for, for those who are listening or watching the show, uh, the reserve day of the IPL has really fucked with our recording, so we do not know <laughs> what happened in the IPL final. But uh, very important to just follow the form lines of the IPL and the, how that will translate to, uh, you know, upcoming test matches. And, uh, you know, Cam Green has had a pretty good season with Mumbai, first time around. Now, I'm asking you specifically, Alex, because uh, famously, you, you know, you, you captained him at grade level and then uh, last time we asked you, you declined to discuss his um, tubbing habits and <laughs> possibly because he was underage, you know.
2: <laughs> possibly. Uh, Definitely and because and he was I, underage. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, just general
1: morality, um, being a, a reasonable, uh, dignified citizen. Um <laughs> But I, you, you, you will have, you will have watched the IPL. Oh, I'm off on a little tangent now. You will have watched the IPL on on paternity leave, no doubt. And I don't know about you, but like I just, I felt for the first time, I noticed a little bit of uh, like physical swagger accompanying his performances and yeah. his cricket until now for Australia, which has been very serviceable for a young guy as an all-rounder, has probably been noteworthy for how. Demure and shy he seems For for a guy so big And he is big So um, Did you notice that as well I guess is what I'm asking Because I just saw it as this uh, I've never seen chest protrusion From Cam Green But I thought I saw it protrude uh, for, for Mumbai It's there It's yeah. in there Yeah Because I wanted to ask like Going back to grade level like it, it, Does in it there. exist yeah. In, within Yeah, Yeah
0: He's always been Unsure of himself When he's made The jump up a level
1: Yeah Which is probably a sign of like social maturity a little bit as well. Incredible
0: sign of humility. And but he's 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 so talented that he's able to figure it out on the run in incredibly quickly and then reach the level and go beyond level, beyond the level even quicker. Uh, But once he gets to the level and he gets comfortable, then that that inner confidence is definitely there. And I could see it, Uh, you could definitely see it after the hundred. He's now got breakout hundreds at test level, uh, at IPL level. He's got a test match fiver in in under the belt now as well, so I think there will be some confidence that will start to exude from him, uh, and and it's I don't know whether it's going to help him play any better than he already does, but it'll it'll certainly provide some intimidation for opposition, knowing already what his raw physical and and skill. Um, technical skill sets uh, can provide that he, he has an inner confidence as well, that he's at the level or believes he's better than the level. That that just brings a, a whole new element to him as a
1: cricketer. So it's, it's not easy, though, is it? Like, you know, he can have this breakout 100 playing in India as an all-rounder and then do it at the IPL – taking a little while to warm up and then basically becoming the man, you know, as, as Mumbai mm. uh, closed in on the playoffs, made the playoffs were challenging for the final that they, they, they put him in at three and four when previously been a little bit down the order. So they wanted him to drive it. And so there is, there's this expectation of him as the, as the man arriving as the future of cricket and, I don't even know what we're meant to expect from him this time around because he could click the whole side together. But the, the kid's never played cricket in England once, right, like in his life. Has he had a club oh, believe, season there?
0: No, he hasn't. I don't believe he's had a club season there. Right, so, I, He so, definitely you know, hasn't actually it, and I don't know whether he's even played at Tour any kind of academy <laughs> tour game. There, mm. he'd, he'd actually done that in India. He'd gone yeah. to the MRF Academy in India at least once, if not twice. So yeah. he had some experience there.
1: But I don't believe he's ever yeah. been to. I India. suppose that's a future cricket right there. But mm. you know, hundred or forty rocks in the IPL, red, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, and then. Now you've got to go to England, son, and face the scarlet red ball, you know, um, possibly a second new ball uh, on, on whatever the wickets might be. And, yeah, we'll, we'll need you to average around 40 to 45 with the blade and, and do a job, you know, with the ball as well. What Where should our expectations be? Because it's such a specific place to try and execute and learn your skills, right? Uh, I, it's – I don't think people
0: appreciate how difficult a challenge this is. Not, I don't – Think any Australian's ever done this because I, we, I can't remember. We haven't had an Ashes series this early in the yeah, year. Yeah. 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 So never has any. I mean, Warner's been there 2013, 15, 19. So he's probably the best example of. IPL into Ashes but Mm. there would have been a break in between because the Ashes have started at the back end of July even the start of August the last one in 29 was the start of August Uh, he had the World Cup in between so there's that there's a, a period of time where they can make the readjustments he's got seven days going from Playing in that playoff, basically,
1: and when he walks out, I'm expecting him to
2: be kicking yeah,
0: guys down excuses, the ground. Excuses, and excuses Alex. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. well, yeah, and he, he got, got off, huh? he got off the got off the plane. Was expected 36 Sabol points up in the yeah. on the golf <laughs> to a first half, and he had then 36. Did oh, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, he's no. on form. He's hitting them well. Yeah, um, it, Green. It's a, it's, a, it's a huge ask for him. <laughs> no, he, he, mints, he he's swallow. as capable. He's more capable of of making the transition quicker than anybody else on the planet, but I I think people should temper their expectations, certainly in the WTC final and the first two test matches, because he has a history as we've seen over the last 12, in his first couple of years of international cricket, he is a slow starter in series Mm. um, and it takes time. Remember last summer he was in, he didn't play any cricket. He was in and around the world T20 squad, didn't play. He was carrying the drinks all through that tournament, which looks absurd now. Yeah. Uh and then played one game at the back of the tournament, then played a couple of ODIs and then he hadn't had a red ball hit and he, of course he was pretty scratchy in the first couple of test matches. He had pad rash in Perth when Marnus made mm. 200 and 100 and and so it took him a while to get into the series and then he finally made 50 with a broken finger in in um in Melbourne and didn't play for another month. So uh He's notoriously a slow starter, but the longer series have gone. Every series that he's played, he's got better. The last Ashes series, he was very slow to get started. He, he had a couple of issues early on in Brisbane and Adelaide, got some runs in Sydney, played his best innings in England, Hobart. Um, a little mm. bit the same. It, it took him a little while to get into the rhythm in Indoor um, after missing the first two tests in India and then played a blinder in Ahmedabad. So mm. he'll, he'll get better the longer it goes, but I think he needs a bit of time to acclimatise and. Get himself yeah. back into red ball, mate, because he's been going very hard with the hands. And Cam, when he plays his best in red ball cricket, um, softer hands, lower hands, a lower back lift, um, and and he, he plays with
2: control. Plays later as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly does, yeah. Lots of chat about Nisa and him doing really well in the county championship, a.k.a. third grade. Um, <laughs> Threes. A- Threes, yeah, Australia 5 0 all of a sudden again. Who's threes? Um, <laughs> where does Nisa live for you? And by that, I mean, what's his exact home address? <laughs> no, like, where does he live for you? What does he live for you? Because, you know, like. I'm to send him <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry. Because he's like, you know, he's been in and around <laughs> for a minute. And, you know, he got leapfrogged by Boland, he got leapfrogged by, by Jai Richardson. Um, I think he's for me. He's gonna be just a terrific first-class cricketer with like a and he, like he's he's a kind of guy. He'll come in probably play probably play Test matches in the Ashes or if not the World Test Championship final. Um, and I think he like he won't let you down. You know, like he's just not a guy who's gonna bowl like you know bad spells and and he's got potential for runs as well. Just think he's like there's a reason he's been in the squad for four, five, six years and barely played because guys keep jumping him. There's a reason for that, right? And like, I th- as I say, I think he's a guy who won't let you down, but I think people, I'm just giving my opinion, like uh, that people need to call their jets on Nisa being like the, the difference to win the Ashes. Do you know what I mean? Like, where, where do you sit with Nisa?
0: I think he's an outstanding cricketer. Um, mm. He is a victim of the ball speed Mentality in Australia. Sure. I had a really interesting conversation uh, without trying to plug a piece that we did. I had an interview with Trent Copeland after he retired from first-class cricket that we ran as a basically a Q and A on on info, and you can find it now if you if anyone's interested in it. And mm-hmm. and I posed those questions to Trent because he was a part of a group of cricketers during an era where you know he and Chad Sayers and Michael Neeson and to a lesser extent Scott Boland, um, Jackson Bird, Jackson Bird's another who outstanding first-class records, mm. dominant at sheffield Shield level, um, but were never really considered to play regular test cricket for Australia because of this ball speed, airspeed speed mentality, whereby test matches are played on flatter surfaces and there is a view that you need extra ball speed, 141, 142, 145 plus, mm. to have an impact on those, on those pitches. Um, and... You know, Trent gave a really articulate and, and well thought out answer on that. And he says if, if you deliver on any surface at any level, you should be considered to play at the next level. And I think Nisa fits that mould. Now, mm. if you actually break down Michael Nisa's first class record in Australia, the gap between his average and strike rate and record in Brisbane at the Gabba compared to everywhere else is quite sizable. The oh, okay. averages I think I want to say 21, but it might be 23 at the Gabba, mm. and it's 30-plus at, at other venues. Okay, um, It might be 30. Um, and so he you may want be... want to be right because the NISA guys are going to... Yeah. Have fucking he, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> sort of places like SCG, MC, old MCG, bowled a lot at. Um, he hasn't got a great record there. Junction Oval's been a bit of a graveyard for every bowler, really. Yeah. Um, he's got a really good record in Perth, the Wacker, as a lot of guys do. Uh, so he may be a conditions-based guy and it may be unfortunate that that he sort of lives on the fringe. But I see no reason why he can't play a huge part in this Ashes series. Yeah, okay. But I think they, again, a little bit like the Harris scenario, he is seen as the cab behind Boland, who is seen as the cab
1: behind mm. Hazelwood. Hazelwood has a big question mark on him. Yeah. I was going to ask that next. Like, I mean, if it, if they've included him in the World Test Championship squad. Is there a question about whether Boland will start before Hazelwood, you know, whether Boland has leapfrogged him?
0: Uh, I, th- I think if Josh is fit, then they will play him, but he's not fit and and he hasn't proven it. So Hazelwood hasn't, how many ga- How many games do you reckon he's played since November of last year
2: in total? Cricket games, Josh Hazelwood. Oh, pro- probably one hand. I think he played three in the IPL. Correct. Uh, did he play one test match?
0: Two. So yeah, you're right, five. five. He's played five cricket matches since November. Wow. Uh, he's played four test matches, four first-class games in two years. The last time he played back-to-back first-class games was the Border Gavaskar Trophy of 2021. Wow. So he's done his side twice, and then he's had the Achilles tendonitis problem that kept him out of the... Port um, Gavaskar trophy in India just recently and in the one-day series and delayed his arrival into India for the IPL. Mm-hmm. And now he's got... The scan showed up clear, apparently, according to the um, Cricket Australia medical team. Uh, and But a little bit of side soreness that they don't say is related to his previous injuries, but, I mean, he's had two side injuries, so it's clearly related in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Uh, and they've got six test matches in, in seven weeks. And there, there's a question mark over whether he can play two in a row let alone six in seven weeks yeah. or even play one Yeah. yeah. whereas Scott Boland's got a, a an incredible record of just backing up and he's super consistent and they know if, if they need it he, he can bowl 50 overs two weeks in a row uh, and his record's sensational but he too hasn't played any first class cricket in England so whereas Hazelwood's got a very good record in England so they're, but yeah they're they're the conversations they'll be having they'll know Hazelwood would be asked to do quite a heavy workload I would say in the a training camp that's in Beckenham, just outside London. And later this week, they train Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they'll have a day off on Sunday. He'll then have a really solid bowl. I would say on the Monday, two days out from the World Test Championship final. If he if he doesn't pull up or come up from any of those
1: bowling, will play. Uh, yeah. so it's a squad game, really. I think yeah. I think they, you know, that whoever's playing the last test will be in completely different mm. lineup to the first test. Yeah. They have a theory though,
0: and it kind of fits in with uh, the way England have been playing over the last 12 months, that because England's cool so quickly and they're not worried about trying to bat time or, or bury opposition in terms of just stacking overs on their opposition bowlers, that they might not need to go that deep because England might make 350, but might only bat for 65 overs mm. rather than in India where or in Pakistan
1: where if someone piled up 400, 500, mm. it took 160-odd overs. Yeah. yeah so so right. England's own bowlers will be upset at their batters scoring too quickly, so not allow them to have a, have a break. Go sevens all you want, but can I just put my feet up?
0: Well, it happened in the last uh, test England played, didn't it? I
1: mean, they, yeah. they they were successful. They
0: scored so quickly early in the game. Bowled New Zealand out, and they were so so good with the ball first up and they were so tempted to play golf on the fifth day that <laughs> <You> <laughs> they decided to enforce a follow-on <laughs> and, uh, and, and paid a price. But ultimately, you know, it was one of the greatest matters of all time. So you can't well, really argue out with out.
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, with uh, England, Alexa, uh, like where do you think Australia can put pressure on England. I know we just went through the England side in the eyes of a 90s um, mm. child. But uh, I, I noticed R- Ram Prakash did a piece saying if Crawley fails against Ireland, uh, he, he, sh- he should be out. Uh, but do you see, apart from Zach Crawley, which is the big question in England about, you know, a guy being given unfavourable uh, opportunity compared to others, do you see any other... Uh, you know weaknesses to exploit, or just even anything within the England side that, that's worth noting. Well, I think the top order's got got some questions on. Mm. Absolutely, I think
0: you know, Duckett hasn't. He's played very well, but he's played very well in excellent batting conditions in Pakistan and New Zealand. Um, those those wickets were really good, uh, and then he hasn't had a look at Test cricket in England and hasn't mm. faced the Aussie attack. Uh, so. He and then obviously Crawley and Pope's had his challenges against Australia and so is Root in the last two series that they've they've played. So Australia will really want to make inroads in that top four and then put pressure on the, the middle order who like to use the platform to then kick on and, and really bury opponents. The other thing which is interesting, and we've discussed it already or sort of touched on it, is I think as quickly as England like to put runs on the board and and move the game along. I think Australia, if they get the right conditions with the bat, they could put time in the legs of the 41-year-old Anderson and the 36-year-old Stuart Broad. They did it in Adelaide uh, in 2021. Mm. Remember, they they Mm, won the toss, batted, and batted for 150 overs. Mm. It buried those guys. Stokes almost broke down Mm. after that. He had to bowl those... Stupid. That <coughs> bouncer spell to, mm. to see if they can make That's some inroads. Right. If if they get the right conditions, I don't know whether they get them at Edgebaston or Lords. Uh, potentially they could. Who knows? If they get the right conditions, the right side of conditions. Let's say, let's say they win the toss, bowl first, or you know, bowl first in some way, shape, or form. Bowl well, and then the wicket flattens out. They get some blue skies, and if they could bat for 130 overs plus. Uh, at a place like Lords, or where, where that can happen in the second innings of a match, they can really set the rest of the series up if they put that time in the legs of Anderson and Broad. Yeah. That, that I would, I would, I don't know this for a fact, but I would think that would be an area where they would be thinking, particularly guys like Kawaja, Labashane and Smith would be thinking that's, that's our chance to really make our stamp on the series is to make them really work for a long period of time and see if that, uh, effort can stack up and then have a cumulative effect across the next three test matches and put us in the advantage. That that would, to me, that if I'm in that dressing room and doing that kind of planning, I'd be thinking
2: that way. It is, it is funny, like, just when we're, when we're talking about this, then there's so many reasons to be optimistic if you're Australian, right? I mean, you look at the Australian side, <clears throat> all the batters average more than 45. Khawaj is a different player to when he was when he's played in England before. Travis had the same. There's just, like... But there's still things of like, well, Travis has never done in England, nor Usman. Dave Warner had struggles last time. Marnus has never really done well away from home. Steve Smith can't do what he did again last time. He just can't. Um, Cam Green uh, is Cam Green, but he he gels at side together. Sure, but he's, he's never played a game of cricket there. Uh, Carey's done okay, but again, it's just, it's fucking hard to win away from home and it's hard to win in England. There's a reason why we haven't done it in 22 years. Um, but, but I'm still Australian 90s, like, nah, yeah, but we'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> you know like, I mean, I mean, as we're talking here. We always
1: give them a game.
2: You know, we're, talk- we're talking about batting for 130 overs here, right? It's like, oh, no, I completely understand. I think it's a really, it's a really good thing to, to be targeting, especially at Lords where it can flatten out, right? But it's like, what happens if it all just falls over as well in Australia? You know, but this, this is the interesting thing about the series where Australia's playing for greatness, but England's had this fucking rise up, and th- I think they're third in the ICC uh, rankings, because uh, that's obviously something we wake up to every morning and check. But, um, <laughs> well, I still thought, yeah, because yeah, the IPL's we been up for three th- months, yeah. yeah. Um, what's Nisa's address? <laughs> <laughs> and what's my phone hey, number? Hey, babe, Nisa, see, what's what's the Addy? <laughs> um, so that, that's the that's, that's interesting thing you like, but, can you can you see it falling over for Australia? Can you see it ending careers? Can Steve Smith finish his career or Dave Warner never play again? Can can you see, can you see that happening? Can you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what yeah. can you see? Name well, things you can see.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally said yeah. we don't know what will happen, but you know. uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean
0: there's there's definitely a world in which our openers can have another horror show. Right. For sure.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Because it, was it wasn't said like, it's he, he, he the world, exactly yeah. right. It's hardest place to bat. Exactly right. He he's already laid the foundation. I had yeah. a look at some numbers.
1: What did Wiseman say? Like just uh, hardest
2: place in the world to bat yeah. if, you're in, if you're opening in three. Yeah, that's what you would say before you score a bunch of runs, though, wouldn't you? I
0: well, I, I look since David Warner's made his test debut, of the guys who've had ten innings or more as an opening batter in England, there's only two blokes that have averaged more than forty, and no one's averaged more than fifty. Wow, it's Cook, Cook. and Chris Rogers.
1: Yeah, Everybody
0: else is under 40, and then there's a whole stack of them under 30, including Dave. And Dave's not the worst by any stretch. He's got guys like Tom Latham, who's a really good, Mm. world-class test opener behind Mm. him. Shikha Darwin, um, Zach Crawley, Alex Lees. Mm. So it's a... Brutally hard place to open the batting, mm. it, and actually dumb to do it. Really, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah why would you do it? it shows how he good says Cook was a former opening. bat. yeah, um, too. yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, it does show you, and it, it shows you how good Alistair Cook was. I think truly underappreciated as one of the all time yeah. great openers. Yeah. It also shows you how good Chris Rogers was. To yeah. be honest, in yeah. in two tours to do what he did, mm. uh, so that would be an area where England be. I mean, Stuart Broad's already talking about it, he'd, he'd be licking his chops at coming yeah. around the wicket to both left-handers. Um, heck, we even saw it in Nagpur. They'd done all this work in Bangalore about facing spin and how they were going to deal with it. And opening morning in the first six overs, Suraj and Shami go bang, bang yeah. against Warner and kawaja yeah. and the game's opened up. Yeah. So, you know, that that's certainly an area where Australia will be vulnerable. And then, obviously, You'd expect Labuschagne and Smith to bat well, and I think they'd both be really annoyed about India. None of us would have thought it going to India it, for that series that they'd score one half century between them, mm. and you wouldn't even think that Australia would get close to winning the series with Smith yeah. not getting a right, half century right, right, and yeah. Maris getting a, you know, basically a cheap one in the in the last game on a yeah. flatty. Yeah, so that'd be the area they'd be looking at, and then you know Australia's. Tail has not batted well. No. That's a big area of concern for Australia. I think that's something they are definitely working on, and that'll be an interesting part of the series is which tail bats better. Mm.
1: That, uh, that, that's that, a big plus for Nisa as well. Oh, I, I would yeah. say so.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he if he comes in and bats at eight, um, you know, if you've got – yeah, it's a hard one because he – I don't know whether he would play –
1: He'll play if there's injuries, right? Yeah, Real I don't rotation. know whether he
0: would play in front of Boland. He'd probably likely play with Boland if that right. makes sense. So he would play in place of a Stark or a right. heaven forbid Cummins falls over. But yeah. um, you know, but if 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 Boland didn't play for whatever reason, then you know if you had Cummins, Nisa, and Stark at eight, nine, ten, suddenly you got a bit of depth there because mm. um, Stark's a very good player um, and has played well, I think, in the past in England. So, yeah, that I think that'll be – there's two areas. And the other one is the wicketkeeper. I mean, Alex Carey's um, played really well at test level. He, I don't know that you can take much out of the India series given the surface that they played on. Uh, he made 100, obviously, in his last innings away from India, which was at the MCG. But he, he's he's played first-class cricket in England, actually. I think he's got a first-class 100 at okay. Sussex. Uh, but he hasn't played test green in England, so that'll yeah. be a big test for him as well. And I think deep down he'd probably want some runs in that seventh slot. But he's such an unselfish guy that he doesn't really it doesn't it's not something that it that, that drives him or that burns away at him. But in terms of how Australia's gonna win the series, he will be pretty pivotal, particularly him and Green if they can combine, if Australia's top orders are at all, those guys are gonna be really important.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: Oh, some just unbelievable X's and O's uh, today, <laughs> talking cricket. I love the. Th- I, I do like X's and O's with you, Alex. I do. I do like. Yeah, it's here too in this much game. nuffy stuff though. No, it's not. It's not. not at all. Well, I, I gave you the opportunity to talk about Cam Green in the showers. You declined. Yeah, that's you true. You know, <laughs> 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 and rightfully so. Uh, if you ever get greeny on, you'll have to ask him yourself. <laughs> yeah, a lot of early words in that sentence doing heavy lifting. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, we, we we appreciate we appreciate the analysis, man. Uh, and uh, everyone can catch Alex Malcolm's work on ESPN Crick Info, uh, mate. We hope to see you back here in the studio and uh, welcome back from paternity leave, where you um you learn that works way easier than um parenting. <laughs> no doubt about that.
2: Thank you very much for Alex, to Alex, for coming in uh, and spending time with us uh, here in our blessed studio, which has not been blessed in any way just yet. Where do you get holy water from, Pez? Uh, Yeah, I guess, like, I mean, I would get it from a
1: church, but I don't know where they get (laughs) it from. I don't know who their suppliers are.
2: Costco? Yeah. I'd
1: be curious to know. Must be able to get bulk holy water. The supply chain of holy water. When does,
2: like, rain become holy water? Right. Yeah. Very interesting question. Again, let us know. Uh, hashtag Ask TGC. Do you want to read this?
1: Yes. Excuse me.
2: <coughs> okay. Interesting. Uh, Josh Wilmot uh, writes
1: in, and has he said later on that he wants it to be anonymous? I don't think so. Uh, no, he signs off with much <coughs> love, Josh. Gents, uh, said as you might say, boys, but with some English respectability, please. Gents. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. It's a Thursday evening and my wife is away, so I'm sitting in my garden with a glass of wine, some snacks, and leafing through the latest wisdom almanac that my father in law gave me. Yes, I have a garden. Yes, I drink wine. Yes, my snacks is just a bowl of fucking crisps. And no, I'm not a nonce because I occasionally thumb the almanac. <laughs> Okay. And lo and behold, page 160 fucking 5, podcasts in 2022. The first two paragraphs ahead of Tailender's The Final Word and Wisdom's very own Wisdom Cricket podcast is dedicated to two quotes from the internet. You might not have read it, maybe you have. Either way, let me another random fucking quote from the internet comment on said paragraphs. One. They say you quote remained the funniest show. Congrats, stiff fucking competition there lads. Two, a direct quote of the first few lines. Look out, said Sam Perry. We have not yet felt the impact of this deal. It was June, just after the IPL had secured its multi-million TV contract. The great cricketer remained the funniest show, and as ever, there was a smile in Perry's voice as he delivered the news. But there was a tremor, too. Close quote. Of course there was a tremor. Good luck in the ashes, soft cock. (laughs) (laughs) Three Next paragraph refers to The sadness of the clowns Bit disrespectful if you ask me Anyway, no real questions. Compelled to write in largely through boredom, so while I have you, a couple of questions. What's your favourite flavour of crisp? Is Ollie Robinson equipped to take over the banter merchant title from Stuart Broad? Why do I feel compelled to ask my wife, who's a fan of the show but asks if I'm listening to Pezzy Lad again, sorry, here goes, <laughs> if she can wear an Ian Bell mask in bed while I try and execute the perfect cover drive? Much love, Josh.
2: Salt and vinegar for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm big on a salt and vinegar.
1: You see, mate, that's interesting to me because I I believe I feel salt and vinegar is quite beloved by a lot of people. Yeah. Now I have a personal issue with salt and vinegar that I think is more, uh, you know, Freudian in nature. So I, I have a sister who's five years older than me, and she was sick, and probably still remains sick for salt and vinegar chips or crisps, depending on where you are. Okay. And would just. You know, without fail, opt for salt and vinegar at all costs and times. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, as I was, you know, developing, I wanted to distance my identity from my sister. And uh, so I had, I, and perhaps maybe I didn't want to distance my identity from my sister. And I was just physically beaten by her uh, into not touching her chips. Yeah. Uh, so for that reason, I've always had like a, like a, a distance from salt and vinegar, I don't even think I'm able to appreciate the taste of it for what it is. Interesting. Uh, is it? It is it? <laughs> because I'm not sure it is. But um, no, but sorry, I was thinking I, about
2: something else in my head, and yeah, I just, then I was no, talking to myself. Me
1: too, mate. Me too. Uh, <laughs> That's interesting, you guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Wait, did I just say that?
1: What? Am I my thoughts? So, I know that salt and vinegar tastes good, but I have this like a uh, reflexive, um, like keenness not to allot it my favourite crisp. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's – and here's the other thing. Go on. So as a child, my favourite crisp flavour was chicken. And I know that that's some basic shit now. Okay. You know, and I – you know, shamefully I'm concerned about whether – what that says about me Mm -hmm. on chicken Mm -hmm. – did you grow up in a fucking trailer park? You know, that kind of gear, which is wrong. Everything about it is wrong, prejudiced, classist, etc. But it's the truth. Yep. I love chicken chips. Okay? Chicken chips. Not and as and chicken flavoured chips, yeah. crisps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean chicken salt on a hot chip. Now that's a separate conversation. So my favorite chip as a <laughs> child was chicken, though I don't think I'd say that if I was in a shop now. Choosing crisps and I'm willing to change between crisp and chip, as is my want. I don't think I would choose chicken
2: chips. (laughs) I had a stroke (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) This is the most animated you've been the entire show. (laughs) I I first came across the salt and vinegar crisp. Mm-hmm. When I was swimming as a child.
1: Oh, and you've got an association. Yep.
2: Yeah. Because I got a yes. little fucking treat. Yeah. From Papa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, who I now in my head is Logan Roy. hmm. And uh, at the end of swimming, if I had b- done well at training, fucking sliding straight into a bag
1: Now of something. Now let's, uh, of course, <laughs> I hope so.
2: Um, and that's when I, that's when I started to associate. So you know, you walk into like a chlorine pool, and it just fucking hits you in the face. Oh yeah, like that for me transports me to like 1993 and beyond. Yes, uh, when I was like, yeah, training heaps. I mean, I, no, yeah.
1: no, no, no. I'll, I'll I'll step in here for you here. For if you're new to the show, Higos was a very uh, successful junior swimmer. Swam at nationals. Um, you know, have a look at the Jimmy Jack on him uh, and the rocky boulders there. And so, what I want to ask about Ian is. Mm. You said you got the crisp if you'd done well at training. Now, who's a judging whether you'd done well or not? Is it a coach? Is it Papa in the stands? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to do well at junior swimming training? You, um, got, you got your turns right? You knocked over, you know, Ryan, who lived next
2: door? Fuck, Ryan was good.
1: Well, what is it? It was
2: more just behavioural, I think, you know.
1: Pavlov's dogs. <laughs> you get. You, if he was a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> He was good in the butterfly, four by two. <laughs> he could finish it, but you know what I'm saying is like, oh, you
2: you swam well, you swam well, Missy. Here's a chip. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so then I so then I associate chlorine with like it takes me like takes me to both places like if i have salt and vinegar chips i can taste chlorine as well and vice versa if i go near like an indoor pool and i can smell chlorine it takes me to salt and vinegar chips yeah and that's where i also struggle with heroin addiction
1: yes yeah
2: <clears throat> yeah uh okay not so, sure how just yet but
1: so and do you have has your love of salt and vinegar chips remained like in Toronto yeah Hood yeah, as well? yeah yeah so it's not like a kind of a nostalgic thing
2: i'm, I'm salivating just thinking about salt and vinegar chips now yeah right Mm. It's, a
1: good, it, look, it's a good chip isn't it Like it's good for a child And it's also I'm not saying like You know there's a lot of gourmet chips Knocking around now Which is yeah. a disgrace frankly <laughs> You know like uh, the, the gentrification of a crisp It's a disgrace But I would venture mm. Maybe not to some of the patrician You know posh types listening to the show That yeah. a, a salt and vinegar crisp still Is still passable It's a reasonable taste to offer an adult I'm not saying I'm bringing a bag of Fucking salt and vinegar smiths you know, to a party.
2: Yep. But uh, it's still a- If you brought that, you'd be welcome inside my home. Thank you. You'd be welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Well, and that's the answer to that review in (laughs) 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 Wisdom. Thanks to Budgie Smuggler. Thanks very much to Alex Malcolm for coming in. See you guys in Sydney tomorrow night for the first of the live show tour for 2023. Looking forward to that, seeing you guys there. And we'll see you guys on the internet with hopefully some more cricket news next week. See you later.